What's up, cool cats and kittens? Dan, Binder Boneyard, coming at you from the bedroom. Uh, if you have not watched the Tiger King documentary um, on Netflix, it will blow your mind. Um, <laughs> so I binge watched that this, uh, this weekend because I'm uh, home, uh, just taking it easy for the weekend. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, coming at you from the bedroom. Anyway, I've uh, been taking some requests for podcasts. I figure since so many people are home and, um, you know, on quarantine or just laying low, whatever, uh, a lot of people asking for stuff to listen to. I've been kind of neglecting the podcast lately, so it's um, time I knock out a couple here. Uh, so I posted a picture the other day um, of bringing my travelette back from Montana. Uh, you will, if you go to my Instagram and look, you'll see uh, one picture of the black truck before it was the black truck. Um, that truck came in a roundabout long way. Uh, so I've always had, or almost always had travelettes. Uh, they were usually parts trucks or not in running condition or not usable, um, you know, and so, but I, I always liked one. I just, you could never find one that was running. They were always broken or whatever. And around here, you know, I, I bought three of them out of a wrecking yard, uh, for $350 each. Uh, and they were pretty much just shells by then they had been stripped down of everything. One of them was a 67 and someone had stole the brake drums and, you know, that kind of stuff. But um, I had always wanted a driver that was ready to go. And um, so this one uh, I posted on, geez, man, it might've even been back in the day of Binder Planet, I don't know, seven years ago. So it may have been Facebook, but um, I was still working at regular job then. So it would have just been you know, like on one of the groups I was part of, but, um, that I was looking for a travel at, um, pickup driver, you know, didn't matter two or four. It just needed to be pretty much together and usable. And, uh, so Robert Searles out of Montana, uh, posted that he had one and, uh, it was a runner and ready to go. And he bought it from, uh, Chad at IH parts America and so I called Chad, um, got some details from Chad about its condition. Robert wasn't the best at sending photos on the internet or, you know, at the time we, you could text photos, but it, they weren't great. And, um, so I just needed to, uh, talk to Chad, just get his, uh, his opinion, especially since he worked at IH parts, you know, if anybody knows your condition and whatnot, it would be him. So I, um, felt pretty good about it. I talked to Robert. Um, we worked out a deal on the price. Um, uh, I didn't definitely didn't steal it. That's for sure. Um, I didn't overpay. I don't believe, but, uh, yeah, I definitely didn't, didn't steal it. Um, 
So I talked to Robert. He said he would have his guys go through it just to make sure that it was road worthy because um, I would be bringing it back. Bringing it back, you know, 16 hour drive from Billings, Montana to my house. Um, and, you know, Robert didn't know what gear ratio it had. He didn't know anything about it. So I, you know, I assumed that it would be 410 and we would be limited to 60 comfortably because, you know, I didn't want to go 16 hours at Redline. So um, I figured for a little bit slower travel home. Um, my girlfriend at the time had a Chevy Trailblazer, so not a ton of cargo room in it. So I built a rack that slid into the receiver hitch and we put uh, a set of four almost new studded snow tires on the rack, uh, put toolboxes in the back, uh, spares, fluids, all kinds of stuff, anything, just about name it, put in there. And, um, you know, cause I was assuming that the truck would be good to go and all I would have to do is change tires and roll out. So I get there, drive 16 hours. Robert puts us up in his spare room. Uh, Robert and Leona, very nice, very gracious, uh, super, super cool people. And, uh, go out there and look at it in the morning. Uh, could we get up kind of early? We know we got to get on the road and nothing under the hood has been touched at all. Like it was, you know, air filter had a mouse house in it. It had, you know, just nothing. And Rob, you know, Robert was like, well, it's should have been done. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, you know, I was there. I'm not going to drive home now. So, uh, we changed tires and the only gauge that worked was the uh, temperature gauge, if I remember right. And, you know, I, I've driven several internationals home with no oil pressure gauge and you just listen. You know, if it, if it starts rattling real bad, then you know it's done. And, and, you know, you can hear the lifter tick. If it starts getting out of hand, you just back off and it'll usually go away. The lifter tick doesn't go away after a while, then it's, you know, done. The cam bearing is done anyways. So, um, you know, it fired right up, started right up. It ran pretty decent. So, um, you know, and Chad said that when he had it, he had done a few things to it because he was driving it and moving it around his place. So I kind of, you know, in the spirit of roadkill before it was a thing, uh, changed on, put the studs on and, uh, headed out. And we didn't even make it out of Robert's neighborhood before we ran out of gas. Um, so I was able to coast it, push it, limp it into a gas station that was at the edge of Robert's neighborhood. And, and we didn't know for sure if both fuel tanks worked. So we were only running off of the driver's side fuel tank because we were certain of that one. Last thing I wanted to do was try and run the passenger side and then fill the filter full of junk and everything else. So, you know, the D series tanks are supposed to be 16 gallons. So, um, you know, I figured 16 gallons, there's enough fuel stops in between and I've got cans in the, in the rig. So, um, 
you know, filled up the truck, topped off a five gallon can and hit the road. Um, and it was doing pretty good for, oh, I don't know, an hour or so. And then it started running worse and worse until finally it was just like backfiring and sputtering and you couldn't go faster than about 40, uh, smoking really bad. And uh, I was able to, if you've ever been to Montana, you know, there's not a lot of exits on the highway. Uh, just there's not. So we limped it along until we saw the exit for, I believe it's called Deer Lodge. Um, there's a really cool old prison there. There's a bunch of other shit there. Uh, they have a Napa. This was uh, Saturday. Um, we got there at like 1.30. The Napa closed at noon. So um, I hadn't identified the problem yet. I had just wanted to get to a parts store in case there was a problem. So uh, pull over there and realize that the vacuum advance hose going from the distributor to the base of the carburetor had completely deteriorated. I mean, just turned to powder essentially. Um, so I robbed a good chunk of vacuum line because this was a California truck. Well, I take it back originally sold to the high Nevada highway department. And then at some point it got sold to some cowboy in Nevada and then Chad bought it from the cowboy and then sold it to Robert and then sold it to me. Uh, and then not a lot happened once the cowboy let go of it, because when I cleaned that truck up, there was still, um, piles of hay under the back seat. So, it was definitely a rodeo truck. But anyway, I stole a chunk of vacuum line off of the, since it was a California truck, Nevada truck, it had some emissions ports on it. So stole a chunk of vacuum line that wasn't being used anymore and uh, patched it up with some duct tape and um, just clean that up, plug the ports on the carb there was a couple of vacuum ports on the carb that just had like screws jammed in them. So I took those off and put actual vacuum caps on, um, got the truck started again and it still wasn't running very good. Um, so shut it down, started checking like plug wires and things like that. And, um, I, <laughs> One of the plug wires had completely disintegrated internally. Like I went to pull the boot off and there was no end. It wasn't stuck to the uh, snout of the spark plug like they do sometimes. Uh, there was just nothing in there. Just a boot with a dead end wire on it. So somebody pulled it off, knew what they did, and then stuck the wire back on in hopes, you know, for whatever. And it worked for a little bit because I didn't really feel a miss or anything in the truck until it got real bad. Um, and then I had, what did I have? Oh, I decided to just clean the spark plugs uh, because it, they, my guess is that they were so fouled up from, you know, having the properly running motor. You know, I, I figured I needed something. So I started pulling spark plugs that's why I was pulling the wires. 
and uh, the number, um, God, what was that? Number five, I want to say, number five spark plug had no electrode on the end. Uh, the the wire was gone. I'm sorry, the, the wire that hooks over the top of the electrode was gone. So if it was firing, it was firing from the electrode sideways to the wire. It wasn't sparking over the top. If it was even sparking, I don't know. Uh, so it needed some attention. But the next closest auto parts store was AutoZone in like Missoula or I don't know Montana very well. I don't remember what the next town was, but it was a, it was a major one and it was two and a half hours away. So I uh, bumped the timing up on the distributor some and to help compensate for vacuum problems or whatever it was and uh, hit the road. And now I was able to do 55, 60, unless I had to like mash it or climb a big grade or something, then it would, it wasn't running the best as it, it could run. It would start misfiring. And, you know, I had a backfire at one point that blew one of the mufflers apart. So now it sounded like a monster truck. And yeah, it was um, entertaining. I still got bunches of, you know, thumbs up and people smiling and waving going down the road. But yeah, it was definitely um, stressful. And my girlfriend at the time that was following me thought, you know, of course, like every girlfriend, uh, that it's a terrible idea and what kind of mess did I get them into or get us into and this and that. And so I limped it to the auto zone because they were open till eight and I got there like seven. Um, bought plugs, wires, um, vacuum line, put a fuel filter on it. Um, what else did I do? Did a bunch of stuff in that parking lot. I think I put an air filter on it too because of the mouse house. And uh, after I did that, the thing ran great, ran super. We hauled ass, it did 70. I found out later, I figured out later that it had 373 gears. And I had like, my snow tires were like 31, like just over 31s. So those two things, it, it actually cruised really well. Um, so we limped it to Spokane, Washington, uh, cause it was like 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock by then. And, um, I didn't, you know, I would have tried to drive all night through, but I wasn't going to have Shana do that. So we got a hotel, um, next day truck fired up. Great. Um, drove. Yeah. I mean, it was getting, what did I figure after I repaired it? Cause it, before the first couple of tanks, I was getting like six and a half miles a gallon. Uh, and then after I did the parking lot tune up, uh, it jumped up to like 12. Um, and it had a Holly four barrel. It was a 392 Borg Warner automatic, um, you know, two wheel drives with Dana 60 rear, uh, 373 gears. It, it drove nice it, it rode good once i tuned it up it ran good um i didn't have to hardly put any oil in it anything like that it actually went down the road really well um so from spokane to home it was pretty uneventful uh other than just sounding like a monster truck everywhere um and it was i was able to relax a little bit there was a lot of um, touristy 
shit I wanted to do on the way home that I didn't do because I was concerned about, you know, running out of time. Cause I had a regular job. I needed to be back to work Monday morning. So, um, I think I'd taken Friday off of work and so would Shana to, so we could drive to Montana and then pick up the truck and then head back. And, uh, so, you know, we'd already taken a day off of work each. And so I just needed to be back by Monday to start work. Um, so we were kind of hustling. Well, since the truck was running good on Sunday morning, uh, we stopped a few times, took some pictures, did some stuff. And, uh, generally it went well, got home at a reasonable time. And, uh, of course with any new toy, you immediately tear into it to see what, what you got. Uh, like I said, I found piles of hay and dog hair underneath the back seat. Um, found some cool stuff in the glove box. Uh, I don't think Robert looked that truck over at all when he got it. Um, just like there was all kinds of stuff that I feel like might've gotten removed if it'd been, you know, if his guys had looked at it or if we looked at it, you know, just like sales, you know, books and, and receipts. And there were spare parts in there for trucks that didn't even, that weren't international. There was, you know, some Ford thermostat or something and some other stuff, just random, you know, ranch stuff, cowboy stuff. It was not, I don't know how to describe it, but just, just funny stuff broke off wrenches and packs of blown fuses or, or empty fuses. I'm guessing were because they're blowing them so many times. Um, cause yeah, I mean, coming home, the thing didn't have any dash lights. I think all the exterior lights worked, or at least the exterior lights that you needed worked, but there was no courtesy lights inside. There was nothing. It was pretty, pretty dark. Um, but you know, it was a complete truck. The bed was in okay shape. Um, tailgate was all right. Um, it had had a pretty crappy respray done at some point and they bonded over a lot of stuff. Um, so when I did the reshoot on it to flat black, cause that's not primer, that's actually flat black paint. Um, that when we were sanding it down to, to shoot it black, we found a lot of sins. So, uh, you know, we repaired what we could. I rust repaired pretty much everything that, that I saw, you know, there was, I'm sure there's stuff that'll pop up in five years from now that had Bondo over it at the time. But, you know, I patched the floors. Um, Charles at the time, one of my helpers did the cab corners. Um, you know, so the important stuff got taken care of. I also replaced all of the sheet metal from the back doors forward. So front doors, hood, fenders, inner fenders, that's all from a different truck, uh, rust free two wheel drive that I had parted out. Um, so the only sheet metal that's left because now it has a service bed on it. Uh, the original sheet metal left or the, the cab itself minus cab corners, cause those have been replaced. Uh, and the rear doors, uh, those are, and those might get replaced this round too. Cause I'm thinking about painting it again. Um, but I don't know. So yeah. And then from there it was a 
long drawn out process of making it four wheel drive and doing the paint and then you know blowing up the 392 i didn't blow it up it i cracked a head or something it still ran it ran pretty decent for quite a while making bubbles in the overflow bottle uh and then i stumbled into that cummins and went that route and you know now it is the the truck that it is with the service bed and the cummins and all that um so it's definitely you know what seven years now uh, it's taken a while like i tell people you know i don't get paid to work on my own stuff and i don't sell my own stuff often enough that it that it's money making <laughs> so um you know i don't work on my shit as i like i should i don't know but anyway seven years to do that conversion is i feel uh, a little bit lengthy but at the same time you know most of it was done outside it's done in my backyard or in the driveway in front of the shop or something like that you know very rarely was it actually in the shop getting work done so um i feel all right about it but uh yeah so that was the story of how i got the black truck home um so yeah i guess the moral is uh, if someone tells you they did a bunch of stuff, just double check it before you leave. Uh, and if you, you know, get on the road, a few other spares to have, or, you know, I didn't have any vacuum line with me. Didn't even think about it. Um, I also didn't have a spare set of spark plugs. So looking back now, all of my, all of my road kits have spark plugs and vacuum line and that kind of stuff in it just because of that experience. So anyway, um, so yeah, that about wraps that up. So hopefully you guys enjoyed it. That was one of the many adventures. Um, and I'm sure I'll tell more in the future. So anyways, thanks for listening. Uh, it's Dan from Binder Boneyard. Yeah.